Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Kevin, good afternoon. How are you doing, sir? Hey, afternoon, afternoon. It's uh, it's Thursday. I got one more day for this week. I tell you, it's been one of those 10-day weeks. How about you? <laughs> about the same. Same here. Same here. But a great week. A great week, Kevin. Great to see you. And I love those new glasses, my well, friend. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, uh, I bobs, yeah, that did, did me well. <laughs> this is, uh, I use the, this is part of my wardrobe for my, uh, television show a couple of weeks ago. Love it. I love it. <laughs> and nice jacket too, but Hey, yeah, uh, your look is almost as nice as our guests we're going to have here today. So what, what's today's show part of? Well, actually, uh, today we're going to talk about Digital transformation. <laughs> you imagine know? that. Imagine that, how supply chain is really being transformed by technology. So Dan is really a leader. He has his pulse on how organizations are driving change and capitalizing on these massive opportunities. You know that the globalization is sort of like a yo-yo, right? We had to bounce out to connect globally then we had COVID, and everybody wanted to talk about nearshoring mm. and now we're trying to find that you know that right size of the supply chain that's you know, right you, so um i think dan and eska is going to have a, a a lot of good things to say agreed and, and you know dan is rocketing up the charts in terms of number of appearances here he's gonna be vying for that World Championship belt soon. I think this is his fourth <laughs> appearance, which we love. You know, we've really enjoyed, like Kevin and I, he's also a fellow veteran. So he's made an appearance on Veteran Voices, and, and this is his third appearance here on Supply Chain Now. So uh, Dan Reeve with Esker, he's going to be sharing a variety of, of market updates, observations, challenges, best practices, all kind of tie back to what Kevin shared, digital transformation, especially in, in supply chain. And better yet, Dan's going to be offering practical advice on how to get started, those those critical early steps. So we got a yeah. bunch of folks tuned in. Kevin, we're going to say hello to everybody in just a moment, including Tony Shiroto, who's listening to us on the road to Asheville, North Carolina. What a wonderful town that is. But we got to make a few announcements before we bring in the heavy hitter, Dan Ree, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, one of the things I wanted to uh, mention that people need to listen up to what Dan says because a lot of companies don't know how to get started. Mm. And that's exactly what he's gonna really focus on. I'm with you. And, and just like Nadia shared on a podcast uh, a month or two ago on Digital Transformers, it's, um, it's, a, it's don't let the fear keep you, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the human transformation is what drives the digital transformation. And uh, I can't remember that equation she shared. Oh yeah, uh, that yeah. That kind of calculates the fear factor, but I agree with you, Kevin. <laughs> um, Let's share a couple of quick announcements before we dive in with Dan. Uh, first up, of course, we want to invite y'all to join us at the Supply Chain Insights Global Summit. Well, Supply Chain Now is the exclusive provider of the virtual programming. you got to register, but it's, it's going to be here quick, uh, September. It'll be here by the time the Braves get in first place in the National League East. We'll see. <laughs> but join us uh, for this event, Home Run Speakers. Uh, Kevin will be part of the programming as well. I'm looking and, forward to it. 
Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, a ton of um, diverse perspective from across industry. Um, also, we've got a great webinar coming up with our friends from Esker, which we're going to touch on later in the show on July 27th. So you'll hear from Dr. Swink with Texas Christian University and uh, Dan's colleague, Nick Carpenter, on just what Kevin said. And you got to listen to Kevin, how digital <laughs> transformation <laughs> accelerates and strengthens your supply chain. So a timely message there. Uh, and, you know, Kevin, we had a great you know webinar. Everybody's got webinar fatigue these days because there's just mm -hmm. thousands of them. But when you get a really good one and, and it's really offering up honest, genuine perspective, it's home run stuff. We had uh, our friends from Ping, the golf club company, right. joined us on a webinar earlier this week. And just really quick, you know, golf club demand has just skyrocketed throughout the pandemic because that's you can do that while socially distancing and – and it's really, really kind of hard to practice those drives in your living room, you know? <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, it's hard everywhere for some of us, Kevin. Um, but it's really, it's really got a really neat insider's look on how they are transforming their supply chain. So y'all check that recording. It'll be available soon. But uh, don't miss the July 27th webinar with our friends from Esker and Texas Christian University. Hey, really quick, Kevin, you ready to say hello to a few folks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It looks like a crowd out there today. I tell you what, we've got the one and only David with us, David Kozan from Canada. I always forget about what part of Canada you're in, David, but great to have you here. Anna Mary, who is in Atlanta, is with us here today, a fellow supply chain practitioner. Hello, Anna Mary. Praveen is tuned in via LinkedIn. Praveen, welcome back. Tell us where you're dialed in from, what part of the globe. Now, you know, Kevin, we can't do a live stream without Peter Bole all night and all day, right? Is he still on a payroll? I was wondering. Hi, <laughs> right, Peter. What's up? <laughs> the check's always in the mail, but Peter, I love some of his his uh, on the Tequila Sunrise live stream yesterday. Oh, we had some great T-shirt isms, and Peter always helps us capture those. Tony Sharota, the fearless leader of the Reverse Logistics Association, as I mentioned, listening uh, as he is on the road to Asheville. I think enjoying his soon-to-be vacation. Maria is back with us, Kevin. I can't remember if you were with me. So it's oh, it's probably, uh, Kevin, I think it's about midnight in the Philippines right now, if I'm not mistaken. So Maria, up late making it happen. Welcome, and we look forward to hearing your take here today. You know, uh, I'll tell you, I lived, uh, yeah, I, t I lived two years there in the Philippines at the Kiwi Point Naval Air Station. I was stationed there. So uh, um, uh, Alangapo and... Manila and uh, uh, Cebu and Baguio. Wow. I, I love I love the Philippines. But we're gonna have to dive into that in a future Veteran Voices episode. Uh, Kevin, you got some yeah. stories to tell. Gary Smith is with us from Long Island. Gary, hope this finds you well. We got to get you back on this week in business history. Clay Phillips, of course. Clay and Amanda and Natalie are all behind the scenes helping to make the production happen. So welcome. And Clay, how about them Hawks? Atlanta Hawks uh, had one heck of a game in the first round of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Sharon Nevis, welcome back from India. Hope this finds you well. Looking forward to your POV in today's live stream. Dr. Vias is back with us. It's been a little while. And he is dialed in via LinkedIn from Bangalore, India. Great to see you here. And Brandy, hello. And then Memory. Hey, Memory. memory. Uh, I had a long conversation with Memory after the show or earlier this week. Uh, I hope I was able to gift you the information you needed, Memory. Always were, there for you. Y'all were talking about the cattle supply chain and, and yeah. some of the blockchain applications there. It's really cool. But Memory, I tell you, your ears have had to be burning because um, with our new supply chain chow, 
Uh, we are really looking forward to getting your culinary input from all of your culinary pursuits. So your, your memory's in demand, by the way, Kevin, memory's in demand. So we'll see. <laughs> Never sure forget memory, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh boy. Well, Hey, um, let's welcome in Kevin, if you're ready and hello yes. to everybody, I think we hit just about everybody there. We're looking forward to y'all's POV here today, but Kevin, want to welcome in what who's become a, a good friend of the show and always has a fresh perspective to share on each of his appearances are we ready to introduce our guest today all right let's do it uh so we want to welcome in dan reeve director of sales and business development with esker hey dan good afternoon how you doing sir hey dan um, hey guys uh great to be back on the show but Gee, with that big up, I've almost got stage fright. You set me up so big. <laughs> well, hey, with with you and Kevin, we can knock out. We can probably solve just about any problem we need over the next hour. Or so, uh, but we we enjoy your appearances. We enjoy your fresh, genuine take, and looking forward to diving in and kind of getting the latest here today. I want to say a couple other folks tuned in. We got Rama. We have uh, Rhonda, Dr. Bumpenza Zimmerman is back with us. Jose Montoya also, he's tuned in via South Cal uh, Southern California. So great to have you here today. Okay. Right, so uh, Dan is bringing in a global audience, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, and we're going to give you more stage fright, Dan. Uh, that's <laughs> right, job. All good. I was chuckling because last night I was in a Dick Sporting Goods and it looked like the old mother Hubbard story. Sorry, Dicks, but I was in there. Hardly, <laughs> oh, any, hardly anything in the store. There. And all I wanted wow. was all I wanted was a little, little, little golf, golf club for my daughter. <laughs> Couldn't Nothing. find it. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's been kind of par for the course. No pun intended. It's right. Been, very difficult keeping a variety of skews. In fact, Amanda was putting together a salad for lunch and the store didn't have uh, a certain type of olive that they mm. typically have, you know, less skews folks are trying to channel and focus those energies of, of available capacity. But we're going to, we're going to dive more into these observations that impact your life, whether you're in supply chain or not. So stay tuned. But oh, no. before we do, there's a problem there. Uh -oh. They're running out of, uh, blue cheese stuffed olives. Um, my wife can't have her martinis. There's going to be a problem in our house. <laughs> Kevin, I, I, man, I'm a big fan of the same olives. Blue cheese olives were a match made in heaven. All right. So we're going to keep, you know, we're going to warm up the conversation here today. Uh, we'll save the food talk probably for a little bit later because no. you're all making me hungry. But um, so here's a little, here's a little note that most folks may not know. So all, all three of us have served in, in the military. You know, Kevin was a naval aviator, and that came Sir. up in our planning call uh, <laughs> a, a month or so ago. And it came to find out that, that Dan and I both, and, and Kevin is too, but we're big military aviation. I'll admit I'm a nerd uh, when it comes. You know, I was in the Air Force. I love the F-16 and the F-15 in particular and, and many other aircraft. Uh, and Dan shared his passion for military in fact he's got a neat little story from when he, he was a kid he almost kicked off an ejection seat being in the plane <laughs> but uh let's let's dan elaborate more on your your passion for aircraft and and tell us your favorite one well yeah that's that in the background is the Sepakat jaguar the french the brits the indians used them my dad worked on them before he moved to the tornado and i did nearly put well, i tried to pull the ejection seat and the pen was in but, <laughs> and the supply chain officer pulled me out and shouted at me and my dad and uh, so uh, i wasn't allowed to sit in there while they while they worked on the aircraft again but i i particularly like the sr-71 blackbird um oh. growing up in england uh, in in norwich norfolk only about half an hour 45 minute drive to uh, mildenhall 
And so Mildenhall, you've got Mildenhall, you've got Lake and Heath. And uh, I always enjoyed seeing the, 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 uh, the Blackbird because one huge, huge jet, fast, but so loud and just... You know, it rum. It, it felt like it was cooking your insides when it oh, flew past yeah. you. Everything was rumbling, and even as a kid, you knew it was like, "Wow, this is special." And it wasn't just the fact that I was on an American airbase. When you drive onto an American airbase in England, what happens is suddenly the world transforms. Cars are on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> fire, you got American fire hydrants, American-style buildings. Um, the biggest and best burgers and fries and food. And you're like, wow, I, I, I'm in America. You know, it's, it's amazing how it transforms. So, uh, and then you get to see the Blackbird. So, so that, that was always a, a highlight for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll tell you, I'll tell you well, I used to go to uh, Kadena Air Force Base in uh, on Okinawa and uh, the Habu, the SR-71 Blackbirds was stationed there at Kadena Air Force Base. And, and those things, they would, you know, you would roll out to get ready to take off and the tower would say, okay, all aircraft stop uh, in your place. And then you hear this loud noise and the SR-71 would be coming around, swooping around and it land and this this big red parachute would come out the back of the, the plane to slow it up. Uh, that was always so beautiful. I have to uh, share your your admiration of the, of the Blackbird there, Dan. I'm with you. Uh, a fascinating aircraft. Uh, and then Kevin, really touch on really quick before we move to mm -hmm. the next uh, question for Dan, what you flew in the Navy. Yeah. So I was, uh, most of my time was in uh, E2C Hawkeyes, the um, uh, airborne uh, early warning command and controlled one with the big dome on top. Right. And uh, I also flew the COD carrier on board delivery, the C2A Greyhound. So, um, uh, but I was also an LSO uh, in the Navy. So I have time in a lot of different aircraft, uh, S3s, the F-14. Uh, my mm. first trap actually was in an F-4 Phantom. Uh, and I've uh, flown A6s and uh, A7s. Some of these old airplanes that, you know, I'm showing my age. But uh, <laughs> well, the well, you know. Uh, we could talk for hours. The Phantom, of course, is legendary. I think one of its names is the Flying Brick, but it is a gorgeous yeah. aircraft. Uh, <laughs> Tomcat, of course, was um, uh, an iconic naval uh, aircraft for so long. Uh, of course, it was an aircraft featured in Top Gun, but I gotta, I, I'm got i going down a slippery slope. We could talk to both of y'all about aircraft for a long time. Um, really quick, uh, Rama is asking about how I can develop myself in the field of supply chains. Rama, you're in luck. We get this question a lot. We've got a July... 29th webinar that Peter Bole and many others will be uh, um, offering advice on your question. Amanda, if you get a chance, if we could drop the link for that, that webinar registration, it's free. Drop that in the comments if you would. Thank you very much. Rama, great question. Okay. So Dan, uh, separate from aircraft and you're in the, your Denver office right now, which has got mm -hmm. a gorgeous view, uh, as we noted pre-show, but I believe you spend some of your time, your, your little bit of free time in a cabin, somewhere in that area what tell us about that and what's your one what's your one favorite thing to do when you're in uh up in your cabin putting it down to one favorite thing is gonna be tough uh yeah been a, been a dream you know 20-year dream I, I always wanted to, to get a place up in the mountains i i think i particularly like behind the house i wake up and uh there's some public land there's a farmland behind the house public land and then mountains 
And mm. if you get up in, the, you know, and you look in the right direction, you can normally find the antelope. There's a herd of antelope that hang out there. So sometimes me and my daughter will sit on the deck. My eldest daughter will will, will look at them. Sometimes I'll, I'll I'll coax her into let's go over there and stalk them. So <laughs> it's not hunting season, but we we will. Um, I can at least get her to go with a camera on binoculars and you know i'm like okay well we'll sneak through here and we'll i'm not quite she's only seven so i don't really have a crawling on a belly buck, buckle for a mile or two just yet that's maybe next <laughs> that's i'll coming, save that huh? i'll save that for a birthday next so year. that's part of the training program yeah so. yeah yeah we'll see. <laughs> i'm under i'm on I'm, i have an sop for my wife which is don't break our daughters or i'll break you so you know i have to be i have to go easy but i like that i really like you know a little bit of slow time and getting to see the animal and the nature up there um yeah that's that's certainly a top top thing we enjoy yeah, yeah, that I, uh, yeah I spent some time up there in, in in the winter and it gets so quiet there in the snow and and, and seeing animals you know act like they ignore you sometimes right <laughs> you're just not a threat they're not used to it uh but <laughs> right. kevin you know as, as much as we'd love to talk about aircraft and um cabin life and and certainly wildlife mm-hmm. we got to get some work done today right oh well shucks okay <laughs> so, so, where, where so was... I say I was wondering, like, so, so, uh, Dan, uh, can you maybe give us a general market update? Um, what, what's, what's going on in uh, in the marketplace when it comes to uh, a supply chain? Maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'm going to use that ca- cabin up there in Granby as an example mm-hmm. because all around it. It's um, and many of us have seen this, you know, house prices are on fire, um, lots of new builds, lots of lots of renovations, lots of additions. I think what happened is when COVID came along, a lot of people paused their buying. Right. Many companies downsized their, 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 their staff or put projects on hold. We come out of it. OK, that's a loose term. We come we, we possibly, hopefully with the other side of it. There's all this pent up demand. I think a lot of folks perhaps have said, life's short. I'm going to do that vacation. I'm going to invest in the property. We can't go anywhere. And up there in Granby, you can't get a plumber. You might wait six mm. months. They're not taking new. It's overloaded. Huh? It is massively. And I think that's what's going on in the supply chain. So probably in, in our world, maybe the one of our top top sectors where folks opt to invest in ESCO or deploy ESCO is the building material space. Okay. So as I'm up there, it's funny because I'm looking out on customers, their products being put into all these houses that are going up, roofing companies, brick manufacturers, siding companies. And one of the things that folks have said, I mean, folks, I'll, I'll give them a shout out, Tamco, who do siding and roof materials. They've been big on digital transformation and doing some great things. And one of the things they said is, look, I think what happened is in our industry, we paused when COVID came along. Some companies, not necessarily Tamco, but others actually did a reduction in force. Now you've got this suddenly, you know, the demand is out. A lot of people have cash to spend. The tap is on full, but the pipe is still only, you know, only that 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 thick. So there's a massive demand. And I think a lot of these building material companies are struggling with it because on one hand, build brick manufacturers have said to me, Dan, we are 70% year over year up on production and demand, sorry, orders to where we were last year. We think this will go on for another year or two. Prices keep going up. Customers want products on time. They want to go to the yard, pick up the products. They don't want to go to the yard and be frustrated because products aren't there. And so as much as there's a demand, there's this need to meet that demand, 
you can't just rush out and hire more people to do the work. Uh, well, the, yeah. you know, the VP oh, one, yeah. one thing I noticed that it's not just the uh, building the, the uh, houses. One of the companies that I actually work with, they do lawn furniture. And they use high-density polyethylene, HDPE, mm -hmm. and wood plastic composite lumber. Mm -hmm. And they are desperate to get the raw material because right. the supply chain is, is just so choked up. So this is being, and their customers are yelling at them because they, they want to sit on their lawn chairs, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> so... So Dan, your your point you're making is is uh, a lack of labor has been one of the challenges a lot of folks are dealing with. Charles mentions COVID helps change has helped change perspectives on life to really focus in on what's really important. Excellent point there, Charles. But uh, you know, businesses are, are really struggling. The manufacturing sector in particular is really struggling to find enough workers to make it happen. Right. Yeah, another anecdote. So the, the VPF supply chain at another one of the building materials companies, Bricks, said, Dan, so we want to be easy to deal with, both for customers and suppliers. Right. We want to compete through that, not just compete through your product and your price, but compete through the ease of doing business. So you've really got to take care of your customers and your suppliers to enable this. But one of the things he said is, well, with the, the shutdown in Texas, that impacted us getting hold of polymers became even harder. Mm -hmm. And this was interesting. He said, you know, in our shared service operations, for folks who are helping us with our order to, K pro order to cash processes or, or procure to pay, he said, you know, you can't just rush out and find these folks. It takes time to train them. You can't just give them mundane work anymore. Again, post-COVID, people are leaving and, and going and pursuing the type of work they want to enjoy. Uh, and if you don't do that, you leave yourself at risk of losing folks. You've got to be more flexible because some folks are still going to want to work from home a few days a week at least. And he said, no, and, and suddenly there's this price pressure and Amazon is a problem. He said, I'm, I'm really, he said, yeah, people can actually go and work for Amazon and get paid more money. Right. He says, wow. So that, you know, you add all that to the mix and, and it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So it sounds like there's huge challenges that these business leaders need to address. So we, we know there's a problem with labor. But right. can technology help? Uh, how can you know technology really help address an attack and you know help solve some of these business challenges? This isn't the right way for me to answer this. I mean, it's a loaded question. You know, you, you, you know, I'm not going to say no, no. There's no play here for technology. There's no technology no, at no, all. No, right? no, no, no good. Um, I'll tell you what we what CIOs, finance leaders folks in charge of the supply chain are sharing with us. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is a trend where a lot of companies got to the point and they're thinking about, okay, we've got a ERP uh, or system of record. We've ha had that in place five, 10 years. And now right. is an opportunity. We were thinking about moving to the cloud or the ERP providers kind of nudging us towards the cloud. So we're, we're, we're headed that way anyway. Now is a time when, when uh, many leaders are saying, okay, let's look at those tools. Cash is king once again. And companies are trying to lower and mitigate risk. So many have said when COVID hit, the first thing they did is they ran over to the bank and said, okay, extend that revolver. Let's make sure we can get through this thing. Mm -hmm. We need a bridge to get through COVID or what's going to happen here. I think companies then began to extend terms and, and began to focus on how can we send invoices, collect uh, and chase money, make it easy for customers to pay and apply that cash. So we don't, that's important too. Just, just, 
what happens if somebody has paid us and we don't give them the credit they deserve and we hold them back? Well, they get frustrated. They can go buy from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So on the order to cash side, I think there's a play for technology to free folks up to better serve the customer and make it easy for the customer to pay and for you to make it so they can buy more goods and services subsequently. On the procure to pay side, I think what happened is companies also started to say, oh, we might need to buy from more folks. Try getting yourself a bike or a bike frame. You know, <laughs> I managed to walk in a shop and find one up in the mountains the other day and text three of my friends and I buy it now. You won't get it for two years. <laughs> buy it right now. So I think what happened is a lot of companies came to this realization that they might need to have more options and more supplier possibilities to continue to provide the goods and services to the customers in, in, in within the SLA they were used to. And I, I think also there's this concept now people are realizing well, there was a while while you could say things are delayed because of COVID and a lot of people are kind of getting frustrated with that. Oh yeah, I've heard all that before, but still Amazon's doing it and getting the goods to me. Why can't you? So I think what a lot of companies have been doing is trying to minimize their risk. Let's let's vet our suppliers. Let's make sure they're not bad actors or they're not going to cause us problems. Don't make it too burdensome for the AP department or the procurement department or the suppliers. Yes, you want to be able to control your spend. Again, this is cash management, whether it's- right procure to pay or inventory or order to cash. Right. So make it easy for the um, the folks in the organization to bring on suppliers and then track, okay, could we get some early payment discounts? If we, if we, this is, you, we talked to military, this is my favorite expression from the British army. If we move that invoice through the organization at the speed of a thousand gazelles, right? Uh, okay. Well, then um, they, they might offer us an early payment discount, you know, and, 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 but if you don't, you know, if you're a laggard and it moves through there and it takes 10, 15 days, why are they going to pay you early? I'm trying to visualize a thousand right, right now. Right. But, but one of the things that I'm hearing, though, is that it's very important to have more visibility into your supply chain and more options. You, mm. you, you briefly mm. mentioned cloud, and, right. and, and cloud is famous for enabling better collaboration, better communications. And maybe in the supply chain, being able to identify more suppliers so that you would actually have more options. Is this something, uh, a, a way forward with respect to addressing your, the customer concerns and their needs? And is this a route to the speed of a thousand gazelles? Well, <laughs> Yes. And, and the context is normally it was somebody yelling in my ear because I wasn't moving fast enough and I was being encouraged <laughs> to move at the speed of a thousand gazelles. Later, I became that guy who was doing the yelling as I got promoted and went through right. the courses. But yeah, I think visibility is key because fortunately, Esker kept me around for 23 years. Nobody else would have me. But what I've, what I've observed during that period is, yes, nowadays we've moved. Once upon a time was cloud. What is that? And now I almost see that many digital leaders and supply chain leaders will say, well, Clouds are default. Why, why would you know? Why wouldn't we do or that? Do anything else? Yeah. <laughs> I think COVID might accelerate that because some CIOs I've spoken with have said we will always want ten percent of our staff to work from home. That's an ongoing DR test in itself. We mm -hmm. can make sure we're ready for the next disruption or hurdle, which I think we all agree is looking at global economic and pandemic situations. You know, research. We'll probably have some more of these. Yeah. I'm not saying it'll be a COVID, but the, the, the increase in risk, and I think folks are starting to factor that into their supply chain planning. I also think with cloud, one of the things that the, the CIOs have said to me is, Dan, I don't want 350 applications anymore. Mm. 
order the cash, procure the place, supply chain, inventory. I don't want 350 applications. Yes, we will try and build and leverage upon the ERP. But many are saying we will use best of breed tools for order the cash and procure the pay that almost accelerate, leverage the ERP, make the make the wow. ERP look look even better. And so cloud, what, what folks are saying, where we have cloud options and, and, and these different order the cash, procure the pay operations and that data can be shared and it's right. secure in a cloud model right great we can stand it up quicker we, it's, it's we're not having to sort of maintain and build that code we don't want to do that anymore and i think visibility is also key nowadays is one of the things i think we're going to see or we've started to see already is is, is mergers and acquisitions because mm-hmm. for some companies this is a big opportunity you know right. to go and buy companies distressed companies or companies you know so when the cfos buy building material companies for example I'm going to stay on that track and try yeah, not right. to wonder. Sure. Well, they're going to inherit new companies, new ERPs, new systems of record, and they're going to want visibility of what we're we buying, who are the suppliers we deal with, who are our customers, how well are we doing with invoicing or our aging or collecting our money. Right. And I'm trying to get that visibility across multiple shared services and ERPs and and and, and, and countries even. How right. do I do all that? Cloud-based visit, you know, cloud-based technology not just ours, is a mechanism to make that a bit easier, which I think is what we heard reference somebody in a, a big company in Atlanta. Uh-huh. They said the CEO wants to go from 5 billion to 10. Right. It actually becomes really important for us to have technology on the back end so that we have the money to do it, to go make these acquisitions, Dan. But we've got to make it easy to go and buy these companies and then have the, the supply chain and the finance tools. So it, it's actually not a huge effort to to, to, to acquire these companies. Mm. I think what you're saying is that cloud sort of future-proofs your organization because it helps you deal with change. Mm. These mergers, these acquisitions, being able to change suppliers, being able to change delivery locations. So it's that dynamicism of the mm. market that continually increases and, and cloud services like those provided by Esker really enable companies to be more flexible and to be more dynamic in this uh, dynamic environment where risk is, it's not if there would be risk, there's always going to be risk. But the question is, which risk are you having to deal with today? Right, right. And, and <laughs> the other thing I heard there is especially in this age, it's a lot of deal making, right? Yeah. Transactional velocity, right? You want to make sure that you're making these big decisions and all the moving pieces that make up these big deals. So when you you've got these platforms and these cloud powered technologies, it adds velocity to these transactions in, in a in a mean, meaningful way. Um, I, I want to share a couple of comments and then we're gonna circle back, uh, Dan, to your perspective here. You got a lot of folks are commenting on what you've already shared. Let's see here. Let's start with going back to kind of labor. You know, pay is always going to be influential in the decision-making process when it comes to job opportunities. Excellent point there. Ryan Wilson, this might cover you up, and if it does, I'll dry. Okay, it's not too bad. So Ryan shares a lot here. Uh, going back, using your, your main uh, industry example, right. building, production, and supplying materials were redefined by COVID. You can't supply mm-hmm. what you can't produce. If you can't get it from trade, nobody can get it. We often forget it's not just our companies and internal folks. It's everyone worldwide. He goes on to say, no plastic and stone means no toys, no building stone for construction, no water bottles for the gym. We have to be humble with the process at all levels, from senior production down to customer. It's hard. 
Excellent point. Excellent sentiment from Ryan. Uh, Ann and Mary talks about the understaffed distribution centers that, of course, then result in lead time delays. David, welcome to the conversation. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Uh, welcome here today via LinkedIn. Uh, Amanda really liked your um, at the speed of a thousand gazelles. Sounds very British. <laughs> yeah. I can hear David Attenborough or uh, you know saying that as you were sharing it, Dan. I, I can't mock his accent. <laughs> <laughs> Memory is talking about how the, they're seeing huge delays on delivery of compressor spares from Germany. Freight and shipping is ridiculous. We need, as she says, more simplified systems that are easy to adopt and reduce resistance to tech changes. And then I'm going to wrap with this question here that Charles is posing. And I'll, I'll start with Dan if you want to have a take on this. Charles says, mm -hmm. how can we improve reliability and response time of data in the cloud for distribution type systems, you know, local servers? Any, any commentary there, Dan? Well, I was going to go back to a comment. I'm not sure I'm the next, but I'm, I'm smart enough to answer that question, yeah. but I will try and uh, if I can. A minute ago, we were talking about visibility and right. I'll give a shout out to Florida Crystals here. Uh, I think they've done something interesting with these. Uh, they said, okay, we need flexibility, Dan. There might be times where at certain points of the year, we might want to move our priority of where we ship from, our DC. We might, we've got multiple DCs. So yes, we want the dynamic ability on the fly as orders come in to be able to recognize, okay, well, which of these orders as they flow in are the priority orders? Which of these orders, you know, use AI to look at what, who is the customer? Where does it need to be drop shipped to? What is the SKU? Ooh, can we prioritize some of this stuff? And, and hey, let's reach in and grab that order and prioritize that order because there's a cutoff time approaching. They took it a stage further and said, but Dan, we might want to put our own logic on top of that, not just to know if a particular SKU or priority is being ordered, but we might say for, for various different reasons, certain times of the year, we want to use this DC for, as right. the priority for two or three months. So we need that sort of, uh, we need the AI to be able to capture the information, what's being ordered, the sense of demand, but we need flexibility to then say, okay, that's all good, but our priorities have changed. So they and others I've seen in that space have used that as a way of saying, great, there was another medical device company that was able to say, okay, well, you know, if we do all this, well, guess what? Now we can take orders one hour later. And that might not sound a lot, but for, for, the, for the rep who's selling the medical device products or the building materials to be able to say, actually, we, we can get your order in. We can, we can absorb the order and, and be a little bit easier than the guy down the street or the, lady, the, other, the other lady down the street. That, yeah. That's that's competitive advantage. And I think that's the sort of thing that people are looking. Then on the back end, these supply chain leaders are saying, great, Dan, your job is to get me to demand. We've often optimized the ERP or the supply chain planning software, but the quicker you can get me to demand, even one day quicker is huge, right. you know, because prices keep going up, you know, just get me the demand so we can know what to do with it. Right. You know, one other thing he mentioned there, Kevin, I'd love to get your take is, and I am no coder or technologist, but I tell you, I get plenty of AI driven communication and the inputs folks take no, t they spend no time tweaking those inputs. And then what Dan right. mentioned there is how things, how the situation changes. So I would, I would assume it's really important to revisit the inputs that make up your, your AI-driven systems. Right, right. To retweet that, right? Yeah, well, one of the things that no one has said yet, but it's there in the conversation with respect to the Internet of Things. So how do you know if something is changing? There's a mm. sensor out there 
that's giving you the data that drives the artificial intelligence. How do you know that if you're shipping something that the temperature is, is correct and it's not being spoiled? There's a sensor. That's an internet of things, yep. right? What about the truck that's transferring or the container? Uh, there are sensors in those containers that tell you where the item is. Hey, there's a, you know, like here in Washington, D.C., there was a, a truck hit a pedestrian bridge and cut off a major artery, Interstate mm. 295. And every truck on that interstate is now slowed up or stopped. Uh, there's a sensor there. That's the Internet of Things right. that's sort of telling your artificial intelligence, okay, you got to change something that's <laughs> in right. order to do. So, and all that information, the data from the Internet of Things goes into the AI, which is run in the cloud, mm. and then the collaboration that's needed across your organization, those are those collaborative tools in the cloud that we're, we've all gotten used to using over COVID. Mm. And, and now the communication that you, you need to do across your business ecosystem to get another supplier or get another transport. This is the speed of decision right. uh, that uh, systems like ESCA provide to, to, to make it better. So I, so I appreciate you sharing that, Kevin. I think that, that visual landscape you painted from a technology standpoint is very helpful. Dan, I want to circle back on something, though, because if COVID of the many lessons we've learned from this age of the pandemic, it is the immense value that, that supply chains have with their suppliers, right? And, and, and that really important trusting relationship, right? And I, hearing you kind of talk about some of these market observations and, and also hearing Kevin's input, I would assume that Esker helps strengthen those relationships um, between supply chain partners. Is that some of what you're seeing? Yeah, I, I think the... I'll go there. Then if you'll, if you'll let me, I want to make Please. a quick comment about cloud and benchmarking. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's value. And I remember, I remember being in front of um, one of the t largest 10 companies in the US. Mm -hmm. I was in Kansas. And they, they were saying, well, we, we want to compete not just through the way we treat the customer. We want to compete through the way we treat the supplier. Easy to do business, pay them on time, alert them as to when they're going to get paid, give them early payment opportunities, or earn us, ourselves early payment discounts by being able to pay early. And then I think the other thing is, if there's a reason that invoices they send us can't be processed quickly or mapped into our ERP system, and by the way, we don't do the mapping, Dan, that's the sort of stuff we want you to do in the background. <laughs> Make it easy for us, whether it's invoices coming in from suppliers, orders coming in from customers. We don't want to do that anymore. That's that's the sort of stuff that you should provide as part of this cloud-based service. Mm. I think there's a trend to both compete through having these multiple supplier relationships and being able to really take care of the supplier mm. and, and update the supplier. Hey, you don't need to keep calling me to find out when you're going to get paid. I'll let you know proactively. Yeah, you'll push out that information. Yeah, yeah, I'll push that information. I'll give you a portal or push that information to your own portal. I'll, we'll do joined up business, you know. So I think that's something that um, folks are asking for. If I go back to the, you were talking about cloud and the value of cloud. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. you made me think of there, Kevin. One of the things I think people are interested in is there's all this data flowing through the cloud. Right. And one of the things I think finance leaders, digital leaders are asking for now is, okay, we know there's value in benchmarking. I mean, if you ask any C-level, do, do you 
folks feel you should benchmark, you know, you're a peer, or you're a laggard. How are you doing according to Gartner or Hackett Group? Most will say, absolutely, I think there's value there. We should be doing that. The problem is it takes a lot of time and you need relationships or you need to engage with an agency and say, I want to do benchmarking. I think one of the things that these cloud-based tools can do is, is sort of they track how long it takes you to you know, approve code invoices, pay invoices, how long it takes you to process an order, how well you're doing on orders, you know, on time in full. All these sort of processes are tracked. And, and so not only can technology say, these are where there's things you can do, your team, your sales team or your procurement team could call the supplier and say, if you make this tweak, I could pay you faster. Or Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, if you could just make this tweak or clean up this data, I could right. serve you faster. So yeah. that, that's, an, you know, bring those insights. I think digital leaders now, business and IT, they want those insights so they can go, oh, right, well, okay, how are we doing from a benchmark point of view? We're not doing very well. Oh, we're pretty good here. There's room for improvement here. But how do we actually sort of whittle that down? What are the yeah. incremental little things we can do? Yeah, one of the things that cloud enables is this monitoring, but it takes the business leader to understand what data is important to the business model. What are the key performance indicators that enable you to identify how to pay someone faster or how to deliver quicker? And that's mm. why it's so critical for the IT leaders and the business leaders to operate hip to hip. I mean, the technology is not about technology. It's about the business model. Mm. So you have to be an expert in how to apply the technology to improve the specified key performance indicators. And I think that's, that's critical. Excellent point. And it, it, every time I hear the phrase hip to hip, I think of the B-52s and their song Rome. Uh, what a great, great phrase there. I thought, right. you were gonna, I thought you were going to break out Love Shack then. What a great tune that is, you know? So, uh, all right. So we're, uh, we're finding more common... consequences. Oh. That's right. <laughs> so, Dan, what I want to do, we've got about, about quarter to one here. I want to talk more about where and how business leaders can get started on their digital transformation. They're already, believe it or not, organizations are already transforming. It's whether they're doing it deliberately or not, maybe. Right. But how? What, what would you suggest? How, how can business leaders get started? What are some initial steps? Yeah, I think one can be okay. What's going well? I mean, I know all sales people. Everybody thinks salespeople are just trained to ask pain, pain, pain. But I think one of the things is what's going well. What do you mm -hmm. want to maintain? Okay, there's a certain way you operate, and you, you that's a competitive advantage to you. What do you want to maintain? What do you want to avoid? Uh, well, we want to avoid that you know our competitors taking over from us. Or maybe you say, if we go about this digital transformation in six or, six or 12 months' time, how will we know that we achieved it? What will success look like? What will a yeah. supplier or customer say? How will success show up? And they'll be like, oh, it's easy to do business with you guys. We've noticed our orders come in and, wow, you, you guys deliver faster than anybody else. It's so easy to deal with you. We can chat with you offline or you, what's going on? You know. So I think that's an approach where, Kevin, you said, don't get suckered into the technology just yet. Focus on, okay, ultimately, at the 30,000-foot level, what are we trying to do? Now, anytime you can you can start talking about outcomes, great. Okay, we've got an idea of what we want to do. What tools have we got already? Are these the right tools? You know, what do these tools do for us? I think there's a, there's, there's a 
big movement going on in our world it's like somebody took obviously i like this i was a combat engineer and i made a lot of bangs they were great mm-hmm. they were big bangs <laughs> everybody loves my bonfires because they're normally pretty big but anyway um covid was like a, somebody took a big can of gasoline and just threw it on the fire in our world not just for esca but for our peers as well covid exposed those broken processes covid was like the chief digital innovation officer walking around saying oh that doesn't work so well when people are at home so right. i think i think there's there's clearly uh, opportunity but if you can again i said earlier many of the cios i speak with say dan i don't want 350 applications anymore so if if you can think about outcomes but go and talk to other departments and other departments are like oh that platform could help us both in supply chain treasury payables receivables if you can get a couple of departments to say oh that that would actually help us too i think it's a lot easier then to go because now you're not trying to push yet another tool on the enterprise architects or the the cio so uh, that's some of the things that i see companies doing and also i've got to give a shout out to tamco again yeah. one of the things the lady there who's, who's a rock star said to me is if you can do one project with digital transformation sometimes that catches the eyes of the rest of the rest of the organization. People start to believe, oh, oh, oh we can we can do this, you know. So oh, you almost yeah. have to sell it to your organization that change is possible and these these benefits are good for the, the employees. I saw that Alain, uh, now part of Abbott, with you know originally I think in their order management project, the users were a bit resistant, but then after the project and the, the users are getting you know more time to, to go and be loaned out to other departments even right. supply chain or it or they're getting more time and they're actually getting career development and planning well when people see that or that that's shared across the organization i think then you're more likely to get all oh, this digital transformation is not just going to eliminate my job there's actually something i get to do better you know that that's got to be sold that's got to be sort of people somebody's got to articulate that it's not just a threat Gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, it's just, you know, unfortunately, it's human nature to be afraid of change. They like things to be just the way it is. And digital transformation is change. But you have to you have to somehow make people comfortable with change. And when and when others see that change actually brings a, a reward, brings value. And it's not that hard. It's not that scary. Right. Then uh, people really jump into it. Excellent point. Um, hey, really quick to clarify. Uh, so, Dan, the Tamco that you've referenced a couple of times, seems like they, they run a, a great business. That is Tamco with a K as in Kevin, right? T-A-M-K-O. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I just, I've got to give them a shout because I think they're a really forward-looking organization, do really, 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 really good things. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. And, yeah. and folks, y'all can learn more at Tamco, T-A-M-K-O dot com. I want to reference Charles, Charles comment here because he, he comments on something you shared. He says digital transformation and reverse logistics started in the early 90s at Walmart. Digital transformation needs to be continually defined to your point, Dan. Excellent yes. point. Rhonda was a big fan of what uh, she says. Kevin Jackson, vivid picture and relatable case you made for how technology can be a powerful force for safety reasons. Great Thank point. You. Thank you, Rhonda. Memory says marketing change externally as well as internally. She likes that. Uh, big fan there. Brandy says, I was taught that I can define that pit of the stomach feeling as fear or excitement. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important yeah, distinction. Assume it's excitement, right? You got to assume it's excitment. That's right. <laughs> Move forward. 
Um, okay, so as we start to bring things uh, to a close here, I want to touch on this great webinar. It, well, first off, before we talk webinar, let's just make sure, in a very small nutshell, Dan, just let's just clarify what Esker does and how Esker can help. So in a 30-second soundbite, what, what does Esker do exactly? Well, when, when folks ask this question, I like to say finance leaders, supply chain leaders, payables, order to cash, customer service folks will turn to us because they want to free their staff up to be rock stars. Mm -hmm. Okay, my, I want to free up my customer service staff, my, my payable staff, my receivables, and my procurement staff to go and make a difference. And that means better serving the customer and supplier because I'm not stuck in doing manual manual work from you know 10 years ago, manual data entry, which is boring, I don't like, and therefore free me up to go and do valuable stuff. The stuff mm -hmm. that sort of, so we bring AI machine learning to free up these these folks to do order to cash, procure to pay type activities that they're going to, so then they can go and enjoy their work. I love that, you know, and if so, we're all feeling it. And if you haven't feeling it yet, you will, because you know, my three kids, I find things for them to do in our business or, or elsewhere. And if it, if it's the same thing over and over again, it is like pulling teeth to get them to do it a second time. And, and it goes to your point. You've mentioned a couple of times, you know, free your people up, you know, automate, and, and use technology to take care of the blocking and tackling so you can free up these creative, brilliant minds that know your oh, yeah. business to yeah, add automation. value in different ways. Yeah, automation is your friend. I mean, if you leverage it properly, it absolutely is your friend. Yeah. Can I get your scripts that you're using for your kids to cold call? Because, you know, I want to benchmark <laughs> and see what <laughs> my eldest uh, is about ready. Yeah. <laughs> it is such a huge lesson learned here in recent years, not just related to the pandemic, because you know, uh, what folks want out of their jobs had already started to change prior to the pandemic. Mm. And it mm. really just, it's brought some things to the surface and it's forced organizational leaders to find different ways of engaging and, and empowering their workforce. So I love what, how you, you kind of talk about Esker's mission as it relates to that. Okay. So July 27th, uh, we've got a great webinar session coming up. We've been uh, planning it with our friends from Esker and Let's see if I can pull it up here with uh, Texas Christian University. So uh, Dr. Morgan Swink is a pretty well-respected supply chain thought leader. Dan, have you ever met Dr. Swink? No, I have not. But yeah, I, I now I see the connection. Nick Carpenter is one, one of our stars here in our sales team. And mm -hmm. I know he's a, a, a T, he went to TCU. I remember, uh, you know, I remember TCU giving my team, you know, Wisconsin Badgers a good whooping a few years ago. In a, in a I didn't realize these guys had teamed up. Uh -oh. uh, I'm going to have to have some conversations here about this, you know. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Is there going to be an opening now at Esker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin, we yeah. have really enjoyed our planning conversation as we, as we, you know, like we do with any webinar, really anything, any content. We jump on, we kind of figure out where the um, the compelling, relevant um, issues to be discussed and kind of find where that that the content needs kind of overlap with the expertise, you know, amongst the panel. Oh. We, we've really enjoyed a couple of planning calls here. What, um, when you think of how digital transformation is accelerating and certainly strengthening, which I love that second one as much as the first one, our global supply chains, what comes to mind for you? Well, what comes to mind to me is that ecosystem building communication across the ecosystem, not just understanding and communicating with your customers, but also understanding and communicating with your suppliers. Dan talked about that earlier. Companies can build value across the supply chain and differentiation in the marketplace 
by making it easier for suppliers to work with them. And, you know, visibility, uh, communication. And one thing I also like to mention is that leadership, digital transformation forces leaders to lead. So <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's critical in this whole thing. And I think uh, the, uh, we're going to talk a lot about that in the webinars coming up. Agreed. So y'all check that out July 27th. We're going we're gonna to start uh, an hour later than we typically do on our webinars, but that's okay because we want to make sure it's easy and convenient for wherever you are for folks to tune in. So 1 p.m. Eastern time on July 27th. I want to add to what Kevin mentioned there, you know, having worked in manufacturing operations where we were pounded mm -hmm. on by, the, by our, our customers, um, you got to take care of your suppliers. You got to find ways because uh, the old reasons for doing business and, and, and supplying customers, that equation is changing rapidly and evolving. And I love what Dan shared here today about all those different ways, all those different, um, how the escrow platform kind of elevates and uplifts all the different ways you can really engage and, and build and grow your relationships with your suppliers these days, especially, hey, who doesn't like early payments? Oh, right. that's, been a, that's been a neat thing we've seen here in the last 18 months as folks look to strengthen and 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 provide some stability for their suppliers so that's wonderful yeah absolutely and, and one thing i want to make sure i mean dan put so much good information out today i want to make sure the audience can uh reach out to him and, and uh get some one-on-one uh, -on -one information about you know how to do this digital transformation so so dan how can the audience uh, reach out and contact you before we go Okay, uh, you can reach me at daniel.reevedesker.com, Esker, E-S-K-E-R. So that's how you can you can find us. You'll find find me, Daniel Reeve, on on LinkedIn. Wonderful. And if you want to run at the speed of a thousand gazelles, you better connect with Dan and Esker. <laughs> hey, Dan, what's so Kevin and I both kind of shared one of our favorite aspects of your message and and what you shared here today out of our conversation. But what's if you had to leave folks with one final thing, what would that be? I told you I'd get stage fright. Uh, <laughs> I, I think um, I think the there's a lot of opportunity out there, and and I mean to be pragmatic, I think mo many of the companies we we speak to, um, they have some kind of tools, or they may have tend to you know if, if I really overlay the the, the the many things that folks choose ESCA for, there's probably ten different modules. Mm -hmm. I think there's an opportunity to have a look and say, okay, are we getting all the advantages we would want to get from the current tools, AI, machine learning, predictive insights. Tell me that, um, that, that a customer or supplier is now risky and I didn't realize it. Right. Tell me that they've been involved in some fraud or something in Europe or Asia, overseas that I need to know about. Bring me that awareness. So I think, I think there's an increasing trend where folks can just take a look, just take yeah. a look and benchmark and say, you know, have, have what you've got. Is it enough? Is it serving right. you, or, or should you be thinking about, well, okay, I need to, I, I can get, I, I can get more advantages for the future, and this would help the customer or the supplier. I love yeah. that, and, and I love how you said, hey, you got to start with identifying what's working really well, right? That, that's a yeah. that's a great counterintuitive question to be asking. Uh, so, but Dan, really enjoyed all that you shared uh, in your latest appearance with us here. This time on digital transformers <laughs> on supply well, chain. Thank now. you. Yes, I was on, wonderful. Yeah. And folks, make sure you connect with Dan. I think we made it easy by putting his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So it's your one click away from connecting with Dan, all the cool things that he and Esker are doing. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they turn out a bunch of content too, uh, from podcasts to white papers to other things. So you'll uh, check them out 
at esker.com. Dan, always a pleasure. Big thanks for joining us here today, and we'll bring you back really soon. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Always always enjoyed it, and uh, you're right. We, we could talk for many hours, so, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thanks. We're Thank going to have you, you back to talk military aviation on Veteran Voices. So we, we'll we, need a day. we need a day for that. Oh, day. <laughs> a day and a few beers, yeah. Thanks so much, Dan. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. All right, man. I'll tell you, we got our money's worth today. You spend an hour with Dan, you're going to get up to speed and then some, aren't you, Kevin? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We didn't need to swoosh him out with, at the speed of a thousand gazelles, though. I was having a great time. I'm going to remember that, though. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> speed of a thousand gazelles. I love it. I'll share a couple of quick comments, and then we're going to call it a wrap. So, AODJ, uh, uh, I may have gotten that wrong. I apologize. But he says... Uh, Control measures need to put in, be put in place, probably going back to the warehouse that Charles was referencing. Mm. If we can identify the issues and take it as feedback, we can design a solution to resolve and, and make sure that solution suits the supply chain needs. Excellent point there. Yeah. Uh, Charles says, hey, do good every day. Uh, that's a great message to keep in mind. And Maria, appreciate your feedback. I know you were asking about AI. Hey, I, I would encourage you, Maria, uh, and anyone else that – wants to talk anything related to digital transformation to connect with Kevin after today's show. I think we were talking at the beginning of the show or talking in the pre-show about how Kevin and memory had connected to talk about oh, yeah. um, that article you'd shared on the buzz earlier this week. So Kevin, you're open for, Oh yeah, I'm open up. Just contact me, Kevin Jackson on uh, Kevin underscore Jackson on Twitter or, you know, Kevin Jackson on LinkedIn or just go to supply chain now. com. It's just that easy. And I think yeah. the latest podcast episode of Digital Transformers is going to be published next week where you're, you're We're interviewing. targeting Monday, yeah. Dr. So is uh, uh, Praveen Rao from uh, IBM. He leads the uh, blockchain initiatives. Uh, he's general manager of some of the blockchain initiatives over there at, at IBM. Wonderful. So uh, that was a wonderful discussion. If you're, if you're really interested in learning how to leverage blockchain for your digital transformation you need to need to look at that but that. um before before we break also yeah. i wanted to in, in a comment i saw brandy uh she said uh yes don't forget your internal customers too because i that that's on me because i talked about the end customers and suppliers and i forgot to talk about how the how important communication between internal customers are so thank you brandy for highlighting that yeah it's a good call out great call out uh also mervin says it depends from industry to industry and whether they are incumbents or entrants also matters when you enter the realm of visibility solutions providing a single live platform for end-to-end -end supply chains mervin we're gonna have to have to dive in deeper into that commentary on the yeah. next show but all right so folks be sure to check out July 27th, the webinar. Uh, be sure to register. It's free to register. Join me and Kevin and Nick and Dr. Swink. For Dan's sake, we won't talk too much about the TCU football team. But, hey, the, the Badgers <laughs> the Badgers aren't too bad either. Uh, yeah. Wisconsin's had quite a team the last 15 years. Uh, I think we better uh, wrap the Amanda is be yelling in the background. So uh, <laughs> we, 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 on, on that note, we probably should uh, – to try to sign out and uh, ask our audience to check out a wide variety of industry thought leadership at supplychainnow.com and for them to find us and subscribe to wherever they get their podcast from. 
So um, unless you have something else to, to say there, Scott, the I'd like challenge. to. Uh, <laughs> same challenge every day, Kevin. Do good, give forward, and be the change. Be like Kevin Jackson, Kevin L. Jackson. <laughs> and on that note, Kevin. Oh, you, you always wish people a transformational future. I love that, though. Yeah. So, so on behalf of the entire team here at Supply Chain Now, this is Kevin Jackson and Scott Luton wishing all of our listeners a bright and transformational future. We'll see you next time on Digital Transformers. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.